0: So if you have your copy of scripture, we're going to be in Mark chapter 10. Uh, We're going to do a family-centered sermon today uh, about kids and about family. I don't know about you, but I so enjoyed watching the kids sing today and hearing them praise Jesus. Would you give them a hand for what they did this morning? You know, it's funny that when we listen to kids songs, there's, there's so much truth in there and they're so simple. It's, it's funny that we as adults try to make Christianity much more difficult than it needs to be. Did you hear the songs that they sang? The first one is we can sing wherever we go because we have a God who loves us and cares about us. Second song that we heard was that God comforts us, that God comforts us in everything that we do so that we can comfort other people. That's scriptural, that's 2 Corinthians chapter 1. And then we hear about the old rugged cross. I what we're dealing with today, as we look in Mark chapter 10, is a very familiar story. It's parents bringing their children to Jesus, the, Jesus the, the children being rebuked by the disciples and then Jesus responding to that. And what we're going to talk about today, and as we've been talking about the last several weeks about authentic faith, what we're going to talk about today is the difference between childlike faith and childish faith. There's a big difference. Childlike faith and childish faith. I want you to watch as we read the story of how Jesus interacts with children, with adults, and maybe how Jesus wants to interact with you today. Mark chapter 10, verse 13. They were bringing children to Jesus so that he might touch them, but the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant and said to them, Permit the children to come to me. Do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child will not enter it at all. And he took them in his arms and began blessing them, laying his hands on them. Now, as we read this story, there's some things in here that kind of stand out. Uh, The first being that Jesus' disciples thought it was okay to keep kids away from Jesus. The second one was that Jesus was indignant. I love that word. Jesus was indignant, he wasn't angry. He was indignant. Now, this may be different than your concept of Jesus. This doesn't fit sometimes with the story that we see about Jesus being meek and mild. Jesus got angry. Now, you may say, well, I thought anger was a sin. Well, no, anger is not a sin. You can be angry and not sin. Ephesians 4.26 tells us that. Be angry and do not sin. But what happens here is Jesus gets angry. And the reason he gets angry, he gets angry for the right reason. And he handles it in the right way. Why was Jesus angry? Jesus was angry because someone was trying to keep children away from him. And I want to tell you something that you need to hear. This is very important. Kids, you need to listen to this. Jesus gets really angry when people try to keep you from him. Jesus gets really angry when anyone tries to keep you from him. Why? Because he loves you. Now here's an interesting part of this that we didn't see. Right before this happens, uh, Jesus had a bunch of adults that came to him and were asking him all sorts of questions, not because they wanted to learn, not because they wanted to grow, not because they wanted to hear the things that he had to say. They wanted to show how smart they were. Kids, you ever have that happen in class that somebody just raises their hands and tries to answer all the questions to show how smart they are? Here's the funny thing. The adults in this story are being more childish than the children. Now, Jesus didn't get mad at those adults. The adults he got mad at were the ones who should have known better, who should have said, Jesus would definitely want children to come to him. Jesus would definitely want to see these kids. He would definitely want to bless them. But they said, no. It's our job to protect Jesus from children. And so Jesus was angry. And he says, hey, Let the kids come to me. Let them come to me because that's what I want. And so sometimes it's difficult as we look at this story and to to recognize that Jesus got angry for the right reason and the right way. And here's how he handled it. He, He dealt with this situation and he wanted to make some very, very clear points. The first point that he wanted to make is let the little children come to me. Now, it's easy for us to look at this and recognize in the story who the little children are because it says families were bringing their kids to Jesus. And we think, oh, how sweet and how wonderful. And I couldn't imagine what it would have been like to be a family in that time and to have Jesus walking around and talking and doing all the things that he did and to think that we could go see him and allow our kids to meet him and be held by him. It would be an amazing thing. But the thing that Jesus is trying to point out, and we're going to get to this more in just a minute, here's the thing. All of us are his children. And when Jesus says, let the little children come to me, here's what he means. He wants you and he wants me and he wants everybody to be able to come to him and he doesn't want anything to keep us from him. One of the things that you need to hear today is this. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where you've come from. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what you believe. It doesn't matter how you live. Here's what Jesus wants you to hear. Come to me. You are my child, come to me. Now sometimes it's difficult when kids meet strangers to really know if they are safe. And so Jesus wants to make sure that we understand that he's a safe person for us to come to. Not everybody's a safe person. Not everybody's going to treat us the way that we need to be treated. Not everybody's going to see the value and the worth of who we are. But he does. And here's what he says, come to me. And then his actions show that he's a safe person. Listen to what he does. He shows them that he loves them. He says, Permit the children to come to me. Do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child will not enter it at all. Jesus was doing something in his time that was unheard of, he was showing and expressing love to children. Children were not seen as valued resources. Children were not seen as people at that time until they became adults and could provide and do different things. But here's what Jesus says. These kids are valuable and I want them to come to me. And Jesus is verbally expressing his love to them. And what you need to hear today is Jesus is a safe person because he loves you. He loves you very much and he wants you to be near him. It would have been very shocking that day as Jesus was standing in the crowd and he had just kind of had this whole commotion with people questioning him and throwing all these theological questions at him to show how smart they are. And then the disciples pop in and are pushing kids away and trying to get them out of the way. And then Jesus stops the whole thing and says, I love you. Come to me. Here's what you need to hear today. Jesus wants to cut through all the noise in your life. Jesus wants to cut through all the confusion in your life. He wants to cut through all the junk in your life and make sure you get one thing. He loves you. And He wants you near Him. How else did He communicate that? Well, He takes you in His arms. What better way to communicate that you're a safe person than showing a child your love and concern? I can't even imagine this scenario, but look at what it says in verse 16. He took them in his arms. I can almost see the picture. I can almost picture it in my head as the kids are coming to him and running to him that Jesus gets down on their level. eye level with them and he opens up his arms with a big smile on his face and he catches them up and pulls them in. Listen, he takes you in his arms, and what that means is he will never reject you. In just a minute, we're going to talk about how we as adults don't respond the way that children do, and I want to just hit this real quick. Many of us as adults have not yet fully put our faith and trust in Jesus because we're afraid he's going to reject us. He's not. Jesus wants to communicate to you today the truth that he loves you. And he's done that by saying it. He's done that by opening his arms and saying, come to me. And then as you come to him, he catches you up in his arms. He draws you to himself because he'll never reject you. He'll never leave you. He'll never condemn you. He'll never humiliate you. He'll never walk away from you. He's safe. Finally, Jesus communicates his love for these kids by blessing them. He lays his hands on you. Jesus wants to bless you. If there's anything that I wish every Sunday and every Wednesday and every conversation that I have with people that I could get across that I don't get across well is this. Jesus wants to bless you. So many of us, so many of us struggle for so long in our lives thinking that all Jesus wants to do is punish us. All he wants to do is humiliate us. He's never going to love us the way they are. Here's the thing. He wants to lay his hands on you and bless you. He wants to give you what you can't get for yourself, peace and hope and forgiveness and joy. And it only comes in and through him. So he says, let the little children come. And I want you to hear this today. If you are here and you are human and you are breathing, you are a child of God and he wants you to come to him so he can express his love to you so that he can wrap you in his arms and tell you that he's never gonna reject you and never let you go. And he wants to bless you in your life. But there's also something else he wants to do. He wants to teach us about childlike faith. The disciples were shooing away the children, and we don't need them, and they're gonna bother Jesus, and they don't need to be around, and they don't need to hear all this. Kids, here's what you need to hear Jesus wants to be in your life every moment of your life. Jesus wants you following him right now. You don't have to wait to be a grown up to follow Jesus. In fact, one of the cool things is the kids were coming to him. They were drawn to him and they didn't care about what anybody else thought. They were interrupting Jesus' teaching because they wanted to get near him. And one of the things that we as adults will not do is we will not step out and put ourselves on on display, will we? We'll sit, we'll be quiet, we'll never go, we'll never step out. These kids in faith ran to Jesus and they didn't care that he was teaching because they wanted to be near him. So Jesus uses this opportunity to point to these kids and say, listen, adults, it's time that you were like these kids. Listen to what he says. Permit the children to come to me. Do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child will not enter it at all. What does this mean? I've read lots of commentaries and lots of writing about this, and they spend a lot of time talking about children and adults. I think the reality of what Jesus is talking about is very simple. Are we willing to trust? Are we willing to trust Him the way that children trust their parents? Are we willing to, to be open and love Him the way children love their parents? There's a difference between childlike and childish faith. I want to start off with childish faith and see if this hits home because it definitely, all of these have hit home to me at different points in my life, unfortunately. Childish faith looks like this. It's selfish and self-centered. Only concerned with what I want and what I need. That's the most important thing. You see the childish faith of the Pharisees and the scribes as they came. They didn't care that Jesus was speaking the word of God to other people. They didn't care that people were being healed. They didn't care that people were being forgiven. They didn't care that people were being changed. They just wanted what they wanted, when they wanted it, how they wanted it. We're going to come and tell you Jesus. That's childish faith. The disciples can't bother Jesus We need to wrap this thing up. We've been here a long time. Jesus has gone really long today. It's time to go home, Jesus. I don't want to hang out while you're talking to all these kids. It's time to go. Selfish. Childish faith is entitled. I deserve everything and you're going to give it to me. I deserve it. And you're going to give it to me. Selfish faith is clickish. How childish. And we've all dealt with this. We dealt with it in elementary school. We dealt with it in middle school. We dealt with it in high school. Unfortunately, we still deal with it as adults. This clickish idea that God has favorites and there's only this small little club. And if you're not in the club, God doesn't love you. Oh, if you don't dress like me, if you don't talk like me, if you don't speak like me, if you don't do like me, you're not in the club. Well, here's the club. Are you ready? Anyone who's willing can come. That's the club of Jesus. Anybody who's willing can come and they'll be in. But Do you see what the disciples did? No, we don't want kids. No, 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 don't don't, don't bring the kids. That embarrasses us, that shames us. How many times did the scribes and Pharisees try to shame Jesus? And one of the ways they shamed him is that he eats with tax collectors and sinners. He associates with prostitutes. He's around the people that nobody else wants to be around. Hmm, let me think about that for just a second. That's probably what God would do. Childish faith is selfish. It's entitled. It's clickish. And childish faith has that know-it-all aspect to it. I don't, I don't need you to explain to me. I already know this already. In fact, let me tell you how much I know. I'm going to show you how much I know by interrupting you and not listening to you and asking all sorts of questions that don't pertain to anything. Actually, what that means is having an unteachable spirit. One of the things that scares me in my life is that I'm going to become unteachable. Scares me to death because it's super easy. It's super easy to read the Bible and come to your own conclusions and say, well, this is the way that it is because this is what I've learned and this is what I feel and this is what I've been taught. Well, okay. Is it what Jesus said? One of the marks of spiritual maturity is that you're able to be taught and you're able to learn anytime that the word is spoken by anyone. The people, the Pharisees and the disciples were unwilling to be taught by Jesus and definitely unwilling to be taught by kids because they know more than kids. One of the joys that I've had in ministries I get to work with kids a lot. I love working with kids. They challenge me, they excite me. And one of the things that they do is they always refresh my faith because it's amazing to see how they just grasp things a lot easier than I do. Because I'm too much of a critic. I'm too much of a know-it-all. I'm too much of a, well, we can't do it that way. That's not the way it's ever been done. Kids are like, you want to do that? Cool, let's do it. Sounds fun to me. Let's do that. I'm all in for it. Let's go. But us adults are sophisticated and we're proper and all those kind of things. And here's the funny thing. These kids are up here waving their hands and doing all that thing. They didn't care. And then us out here can't do it. I'm an adult. I would never do that. Yep. I hear that too. Selfish, childish faith. I'm a know-it-all. There's nothing you can teach me. Jesus says there's a difference between childish and childlike faith. In fact, he says the huge difference is this, that if you have childlike faith, you get to receive the kingdom of God. You get to enter the kingdom of God. And isn't, that what that, isn't that what we all want to do? What does it look like to have childlike faith? One aspect of childlike faith is total trust and dependence. It's funny. This is just something natural that kids have. And then as we get older and things happen in our life and people let us down, we lose this. And when we become an adult, we're not trusting at all. We're not willing to be dependent at all. We say really ridiculous things like this. I'm I'm independent. I take care of myself. I do my own things. Yeah, that's not good. God has created us to be in total trust and total dependence on him. All the problems that we face in our life from our father and mother, Adam and Eve, all the way to the end of the world has come because of our independence. Do you know why kids totally trust and depend on their parents? Because they believe that we can handle everything in their life. One of the amazing things that happen with kids is they never worry about finances. They never worry about how the bills are going to be paid. They never worry about how groceries show up in the house. Sometimes I wish my kids would. <laughs> it is frustrating when chips enter the house and I don't get any of them. But they don't think, they don't think about it. Because they totally trust and depend on us. Jesus is saying, listen, we, we need to be that way with him. We need to go back to what it was like when we were a child and totally trust and depend on him. Come to a place where we don't worry because we know that God will take care of us. We don't worry because we know that God can do all things and he has the power to solve all problems. I recognized in my life the kind of surrender and the kind of trust that God wanted me to have my was my relationship with my granddad actually both my grandparents my grandmother and grandfather I call my granddad peepaw and my peepaw can do anything when I was a kid I literally believed that all I had to do was ask my granddad and he could do anything and I'll never forget it was one of my probably my fifth Christmas I was going to my sixth birthday sixth or seventh birthday And as I've told you before, and you know, I'm a huge Batman fan, right? That year they came out with a new um, big wheel that you could buy, and it was the Batmobile, a two-seater Batmobile that both of you could sit in and you could drive. It was the coolest thing in the world. And I knew that there was only one way I was going to get it. I was going to talk to my granddad. My parents took me to Sears, they had one on display. They had no other Batmobiles. They'd been sold out over Christmas. I have one of those terrible birthdays. My birthday's two weeks after Christmas. So all the good stuff was gone. They had the floor model display. My parents left. I was in tears, cried for 45 minutes till we got home. And I begged them to take me to go see my granddad. <clears throat> so we went. Walking up the steps to his house, I'm crying. He hears me crying. And he comes out and he said, What's wrong? And through tears, I can't get the Babo bill. We got in the car, we went back and got it. <laughs> but I began to realize that the trust and dependence that I had on my granddad is the trust and dependence I should have in God. My granddad could solve all my problems. My granddad had the, had the skill set to take care of everything. And, and listen, as great as he was, he pales in comparison to what God can do. Childlike faith. If you're struggling and grasping and trying to figure out this relationship with God, step number one, trust him with everything that you have and be completely dependent upon him. And here's the thing, he will never fail you. Ever. Part of that dependence, and this is stressful for us as parents, but part of that dependence is kids learn where they need to go to get help. They learn real quick where to go to get help. And in many houses, it sounds something like this. Mom, 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 (laughs) mom, right? Here's the thing. You can definitely see that as a negative and sometimes it's frustrating, but you need to understand your kids are communicating something to you. You are the person they can trust. You are the person that they are coming to because they're sad or they're scared or they're hurting or they're alone or they don't know what to do and they know you do. Jesus says he wants us to have childlike faith. And part of having childlike faith means that we recognize that there is only one person in our life that we can run to who has all the answers. And our life and our prayers need to start sounding a little more like this. God, 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 God. Because he's the only one. And listen, he's never going to be frustrated with you. He's never going to tell you he doesn't have time to listen. He doesn't have to read the paper. He doesn't have to figure out what he's going to plan for dinner. He doesn't have to worry about what's coming up the next week. He's in control of all things, and he just wants to hear. Do you remember what the song said? If we pray, God hears us. Total trust and total dependence. But I think there was something else Jesus was pointing out, and this is important as we think about this today. Jesus was saying, listen, unless you receive the kingdom like a child, you can't enter it. What does that mean? Well, it means that we have to unlearn our adult way of receiving gifts We have to unlearn it. I don't know about you, but I hate receiving gifts as an adult because there's all this pressure and there's all this junk that has to happen. Like I got to send thank you notes. Why do I have to send a thank you note? And then you got to send something back and then I got to send, like it's a never ending loop. When does it stop? I recognized your gift. I said, thank you. Now I got to send you a note and you send me a note back and I got to send it. Stop it. We have to unlearn our adult way of receiving gifts. Because here's the thing. As adults, we need to learn how to accept gifts without reservation. You ever told a kid you were going to give them a gift? Have they ever said, well, I don't think I've earned that. I don't think I deserve that. Why don't you you just keep that and maybe later when I feel better about myself, you can give it to me. What's a kid's response when you say, I have a gift for you? Can I have it now? Can Can I have it right now? Listen, stop being prideful. Stop putting on yourself things that Jesus hasn't put on you. Remember, he loves you. He wants you to come to him. He wants to wrap you in his arms. He wants to bless you. And Jesus has given you a greater gift than anything in the world. I'm gonna tell you, one of the greatest days of my life was when I got that Batmobile. Loved it. It pales in comparison to the gift that Jesus gave me. Why, why, why are you not willing To receive the gift that Jesus is willingly giving you. So many of us walk around hurt and broken and angry and bitter. We walk around with all of this mess in our life that can be taken away, but we're just afraid of asking Jesus. We're just afraid of coming to Jesus. And here's the reality. Jesus has willingly given you the greatest gift and it's called forgiveness and newness of life. Why will you not take it? Well, I'm not worthy. I don't deserve it. Okay, granted, nobody does, but he gave it anyway. will you accept the gift that Jesus has given you today without reservation? Will you accept his gift with joy and thankfulness? And let me tell you real quick what that gift is because it's important. Here's the gift. That God loved you so much that he came to earth And he lived a sinless and perfect life because we can't. And that he did everything that his father wanted him to do because we can't. And then he went to the cross and his father put all of his anger and his wrath and his justice against our sin on Jesus. So he didn't have to put it on us. And Jesus swallowed all of those things. He drank down every last drop of anger and wrath against us. And then he died. And the moment that he died, he broke the power of sin, death, hell, and the devil over our life forever. And on Easter Sunday morning, he walked out of the grave alive. And he says, I come to you in newness of life to give you newness of life. Will you, will you accept that gift of love? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this wonderful time today. We thank you for the kids as they so joyously sang to you. And Father, we thank you that you help us remember that we are your children. I pray for someone today, someone that has been worried that you wouldn't love them, has been worried that you would reject them, has been worried about all the things in their life that's been settled. That they've come to recognize that you are safe and you are good and that we can totally trust you and depend on you. So help us today joyously receive the gift that you've given your son. Help us be set free. Help us be made new. Help us be forgiven. Help us to have victories. we leave this place to live lives different than we came in. Help us to say yes to, to surrendering to you, to do what you've called us to do, to join this church, to be baptized, to surrender to ministry, whatever it is that you're calling us to do. to Use our gifts in this church. Help us say yes. Father, you're never hesitant to say yes to us. Why are we so hesitant to say yes to you? It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.